Welcome, everybody. We will just do question and answer today. Uh, we'll be on Twitter Spaces, and I'll take calls off there. Uh, still much going on, lots of debrief based on what we heard uh, yesterday from Dr. Uh, Malone. Uh, also, uh, we are going to address the issue of the California new law that uh, is on uh, Governor Newsom's desk, 2098, which essentially will hold doctors accountable for any misinformation. The problem is this law does not in any way specify a threshold for when this becomes a serious issue, when the licenses get encumbered, and what even is misinformation. You could very easily say much of what the CDC has said in the last six months has been inaccurate and misinformed. So what is misinformation? What are the criteria going to be? This is a grotesque overreach of government. And literally, I'll give you an example of how that might work when you meet with your doctor after this. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it, I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. So we're, of course, over on Twitter Spaces, and you raise your hand there, request to come up, and I'll bring you up, and you'll be streaming out on multiple platforms if you uh, agree to be uh, ask your question there. I see some of you have your hand up already. I'll get to you in a few minutes. But I just want to explain how draconian this law is, this 2098 in the state of California. Literally, it would be the case that if you were if I was evaluating a patient, let's say you come in, you're my patient, and you come in and you say, uh, the CDC is recommending that I get this new Omicron um, vaccine, this bivalent vaccine. Uh, I'm concerned because what I'm reading suggests that it was only studied on mice. And if I say anything other than standard, um, uh, what, what would it be? Standard uh, empty slogans as specified by the academic and the bureaucratic structure, which would be you're over 60 years old, it's recommended that you get this booster. If I said, follow the proto, if I said, for instance, uh, you're right. It was studied on mice. Um, I'm probably going to recommend it my patients over 65, certainly over 75. I think it's worth the risk. Uh, there is antecedent, very, very similar vaccines in influenza. And this is sort of how we do it with influenza every year. We don't test it necessarily in, in humans every year. So it's a, there's a protocol out there. But if you were 30 years old, I would say, you know, there was just a uh, study that came out in circulation last this week that suggested that in men under 40, the risk of myocarditis is five times higher from the Moderna vaccine than from COVID itself. Right there, that would qualify as misinformation, even though it's factually accurate. It's a merely me discussing what's available in the medical literature with my patient. Let's say that patient was angry for some reason. That patient could make an anonymous complaint to the state. And he or she could go home and go, you know what, mom and dad and uh, brother and sister, you guys, I'd like you to make the complaint too. Here's here's what my complaint is. Uh, why don't you modify a little bit? I heard something you said in the public the other day I didn't like either. So add that to it. Each one of those complaints would be dealt with as though a police report had been filed for a criminal action. It will require a full response with citations and will take months and months and may require hiring an attorney for each case. That is what they are doing. 
It is absolutely out of control. Now, I'm sure they're going to say, oh, no, no, would never use it like that. Of course they don't intend it. That's how these laws have unintended effect. It will be absolutely chilling on the practice of medicine. It will become almost impossible to practice medicine the way we are trained to, which is to use our objective reasoning, to share our ideas with our patients, and to come up with the best possible recommendation for that particular patient for that particular circumstance. So I'm, I'm gravely, gravely concerned about that. So everyone liked the show with Dr. Malone yesterday. I'm, I'm looking at you guys over on uh, the Restream as well as on the Rumble Rants. And I'm wondering if you have any questions left over from that yesterday. Did you see the comment by Kitty Moore Lukey? I did not. So my son is 36 and got COVID and his COVID vaccine and his left ear is dead. Um, my masseuse had COVID and he went deaf as well. And he was already deaf in one ear because he was in the war. He went bilaterally deaf. He well, he already had he already had one bad ear because from from a, you know, when he was in Afghanistan. And but, he thinks that was from the COVID vaccine. But then he got the no, then he got COVID mm. and he COVID lost his hearing and his yeah. other ear. But it came right. back. But uh, somebody on the uh, on Facebook just said the COVID shot gave her thirty six year old. Uh, right, and a will, dead ear, and it will probably come back. It will probably come back, much like I had ringing in my ear for year and a half after COVID. It was pretty It's so nasty. weird. It affects everybody so differently. Like it, yeah, it my sinuses, your ears, you know. It's probably microvasculature. In other words, it's probably the very tiniest vessels in our cerebrovasculature. And because we have very complex and varied anatomy up there, it's some vulnerable extra tiny vessel that maybe I have going to my ear. Or Susan, you had going, what did you have? What was your answer? I had like my my chest and my my nose and you know okay. it didn't so that go was the omicron so omicron is up here no the first from, yeah the first one omicron well then is, i the next time i just got a really bad sore throat though so. there is some evidence that the newer omicron variant the ba 4.5 something like that uh, may have some more ability to penetrate the lung which is concerning yet we're not seeing anybody going to the hospital for it yeah but the second so. time i didn't get that the, the second time, time you didn't get that but i was also on keflex for something else but the i didn't get the cough time, i didn't get the Right, but you did get congestion up in here, right? I got a little congestion, right? And but nothing more, had. not much. The first time you got more congestion, so you had Omicron. Yeah, twice. I remember both of us had, and we were both coughing on the on the air for like two weeks. Were you proven to have Omicron, or did you speculate? Yeah, that's right. You had proven Omicron. Yeah, I have. Time, a, I have proven yeah. Omicron yes, two times. times. At the beginning, I couldn't catch it, and then I got it twice in one year. So, yeah, these are these are interesting. Oh, is that Jamie Lisso? Jamie Lisso, I'm going to invite you up here to speak, buddy. He follows think, us. I saw you, him watching you, you the other day. You don't think you can uh, get away with me uh, seeing you and, that and not getting you the chance to come up here and talk to us. Um, but all you got to do, is he, did I already? Unmute your I've microphone. I've invited him to speak, but I don't think he's responding to me. How dare you, first of all? Maybe he's in the bathroom. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> so I'm wondering what questions you guys have left over from Dr. Malone yesterday. It was a very interesting conversation. Uh, as I, as always, I don't necessarily agree with everything that my guests say. And as you see, I was, um, let me see what these are. Oh, there's Jamie. I bet you, uh, our stream just suddenly froze. <laughs> we, we fantastic. had some there, problems. Back. We I'm had back. a blackout yesterday and our computers are asked. Well, the great Jamie Lisso from the Greg Gutfeld show joins me. Hey, Jamie. Uh oh, now you don't, I'm losing, this is getting, um, <laughs> Uh, maybe the power I, of your... There you are, Jamie. No. Caleb? I think this has to be connected with all the power and heat issues in California because this happened twice before we went on the air. 
Yeah, and it looks like I'm freezing intermittently as well. Jamie, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm always freezing intermittently because I live in Fairbanks, Alaska. <laughs> are you in Fairbanks? Are you in Fairbanks right now? <laughs> I'm in New York City right now. Ah, uh, because you were just on uh, Gutfeld last night, right? I was on Gutfeld last night. Yeah, so great. we left. Thank you for that. Uh, we and uh, I'm and. Uh, I thought there was a nice joke about the Anchor magazine that you would be on the Anchorage magazine. Oh. It made sense. Made sense to me. <laughs> Thank you very much, Doctor Drew. I want I want to tell you, and I'm not just saying this. I know I sent you a message privately, but thank you for doing what you're doing here. And everyone needs to get on Rumble. I know it's so hard to get everyone to go over from one platform to another. Yeah. I've had that happen before. Yeah, everyone's got to do it, man, because. No one's doing what you're doing, and I, I, I wish I could say more, but I just had something happen today where I was talking to a doctor, and he was uh, super, super pro-vaccine, mm -hmm. and I just asked a couple of questions, and it became, I'm just a comedian who does research, and it became pretty apparent that he just kind of is, is saying what he's been told to say, right. and it just it just makes me... But more thankful that you're out there doing. Well, there, there I, mean, are, I mean, that's sincerely. Thank you, Jamie. And but there, and there, are, I'm sorry, my profession does this. And there's layers to the do saying what they're supposed to say. Eighty percent of doctors now are employees, and if they don't tow the line that they are employed to tow, they will lose their job. This is a very yeah. bizarre. I didn't realize that it was so so much that way. I knew there were some employed, but it turns out the vast majority are employed. And that's why they froze during COVID. That's why their behavior during COVID was so strange. We started doing this stream during the dark days of COVID. And I kept saying at that time, I felt like I was the French underground, just trying to make sense of things right. and push out yeah. push out information where I could find it and let, make sure everyone was making good decisions on their own. Um, what were the questions? Maybe you could ask me those questions. Maybe I can answer them. And, and, and if you don't mind, I need to know how old you are too before we uh, just figure, oh, so, figure your um, risks. Yeah. I just turned 40 okay. seven years ago, mm -hmm. and um, so I'm 47. Okay. And uh, I was asking about my kids mm. because mm. I felt pretty strongly that my kids didn't. It started with him saying he thought I should get um, this booster and all mm -hmm. this stuff. He said I'm healthy, but and I kind of didn't want to talk about it about myself. And I just said like, what are your thoughts on them? Like I have three kids, mm -hmm. they all had COVID. So here's my question: I have three kids, they all have COVID. I have a situation where I, I you know, I have an ex-wife who has some different thoughts than I do. Mm -hmm. I think on this, and she really wanted to get the kids vaccinated, and I felt like. And I know, keep in mind, I know nothing. I'm just a comedian. But I felt like because they all had COVID and recovered from it, I felt like they should they should didn't need to get it because and, I felt like they would have antibodies. And they've had no they've had no vaccine thus far. N nothing. No vaccine thus and, far. And how old are they? Thirteen, eleven, and seven. Okay, so they're very young, right? We're not even talking about the adolescent uh, population where there's a little more maybe some more reason to get it but also some more risk particularly with the moderna vaccine i i i most of, listen i don't know your kids i have no business giving you specific recommendations but i can tell you that the most of the pediatricians i talk to are not pushing it they're, they're not it's <clears throat> it's only a, particularly in those age groups and the fact that they've had omicron even makes it un, far less clear what we're doing uh yeah. and <laughs> Kids are supposed to get sick. I had triplets. Yeah, I'm a good source of 
uh, rational revolution here when it comes to injections. <laughs> I say yeah. they had it. They have better antibodies now. They don't need to take the risk of getting hurt by the vaccine because we have heard war stories. And just wait. Wait until a good vaccine comes out till and, we and, know it's safe and effective and, for a little kid. And this was not a pediatrician you were speaking to, I assume. It was not. Yeah. It was not. And so for you, uh, have you had COVID? I have had COVID. I had the uh, Omicron, which, if you're given a choice, I recommend that one. I do. I've had. I've had. I've had. I've. I've tested both, and I, I recommend the Omicron. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, and have you had any vaccine? You've had the first series. Yeah, I did. I did yeah. have. I do have the uh, Moderna. I kind of got. You know, I, I kind of got it early before mm-hmm. I was doing the deep dive into mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. I got it for. Uh, a couple jobs I was doing required it, mm-hmm. and I got it, and, and nothing. No reaction. That happens. Good. Okay. No reaction. So you whatsoever. have you have what we call hybrid immunity, and you've got immunity against Omicron. And my experience with Omicron: Did you take Paxlovid or anything when you had the Omicron? No. Yeah. In, in my experience, Omicron left to its own devices gives you pretty good immunity for at least six months. How how long ago was it? It was a couple months ago. Two months ago. Yeah. So you could at least wait and see how people do with the Omicron vaccine, see how it goes, because we have zero studies on humans. The only studies were done on mice. If you were 70 years old, I would say get the vaccine, but you're not. And so you have hybrid immunity. You've had the previous vaccine series. I I just, we, there's no science to guide us on this. That's the thing. We don't know what we're doing. And oh, by the way, let's say you, let's say we're wrong to make this choice and you do get COVID and you get, let's say, a new variant of Omicron that's a little worse that you might have been protected against. There is Paxlovid and there are monoclonal antibodies. So take advantage of that if you start getting sick. It's a whole different world right now. It just pressed by that circulation study. It's very concerning for 17 year olds and whatnot. And uh, it's still a very, very, very low incidence of myocarditis from the vaccine. It is generally, so when they say it's safe and effective, that is generally true. That is not false. Now, that's the thing about Dr. Malone's discussion yesterday. He was taking issue with that. Dr. Victory always takes issue with that. Now, if if you really sort of break down what they were worried about, they're worried about myocarditis. And I was saying, yeah, but the incidence of that is low. Then they both pushed back at me saying, but the FAA, the pilots, they're passing out, they're getting heart attacks, they're having strokes. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that's a zero-risk environment where anybody has any symptoms, they pull them out of the cockpit. And yeah, something's going on, but is that something of the order of magnitude of a myocarditis and stroke, or is it just something where people are feeling dizzy and not themselves, and therefore we can't have them flying a plane? My suspicion is it's more of the latter. Okay, it's more just that people, yes, it's 112 in Los Angeles. Thank you, James. Uh, it's more just that. I wonder if planes will be able to take off at, uh, from Burbank today. It's so hot. Uh, weird that outages aren't just in California, there's issues nationwide. Yes, because we're doing a horrible job of maintaining our infrastructure and our electricity grid. And nowhere worse than California. We're doing nothing to improve our situation here. So we have no water and no power in Los Angeles. So it's going to be an interesting couple of years. I'm I just, just think it's a ghost. Okay, well, perhaps that's it. We'll just put it all to ghost. Um, so in any event. Uh, but I don't know if anybody heard me when the when everything froze, but I just don't want my kids to be human guinea pigs. Right. You know, okay. that just makes me sad. Well, at very least, people can. If they've had it, if they've got, I mean, you're a doctor, you know, when you get sick, you have 
better There's immunity. There's no rush to this vaccine. And they're going to catch it again anyway. So what difference does it make? There's no rush to this vaccine. You can you can let it roll out in the elderly population who should be getting it and see how they do with it. And we can start to generalize it to younger people, no problem. And just, you know, let's be cautious with it. Just so, too soon. So let me go back to what they were it's saying. My, it's like my uh, fake boob analogy. <laughs> in the 70s, you know, everybody's getting fake boobs. And I said, I want to wait and see 10 years what it's like, what women look like after 10 years of these silicone bags mm-hmm. in their chest. Mm-hmm. And some people got really sick from it. So I was right. So And then God was good <laughs> and gave me a free set. Mm-hmm. So may I speak? <laughs> <laughs> Are you done? The same with the vaccine. I'm sorry. I've completely lost my train of thought. So <laughs> as I was saying that they were pushing back on me, we were talking about Dr. Malone's conversation yesterday with Dr. Victor, and they were pushing back on me when I was saying the incidence of myocarditis is quite low. It's higher than COVID, but it's still quite low. They were saying, no, the FAA is seeing all these pilots having to be pulled out of the cockpit. And I'm saying, yeah, but that may not be myocarditis. It may not be stroke. It may not be vascular disease. It may be just some constitutional symptom that is you know passes it doesn't mean there's some end organ damage that is irreversible we don't know they haven't seen that so i don't know that that's an issue yeah people shouldn't be flying airplanes if they have any constitutional symptoms so okay we'll keep an eye on that then uh, naomi wolf brought up the, all the issues with menstrual irregularities i mean you can induce and menstrual i will tell you patients with menstrual irregularities Pretty much every time you do anything to a woman pharmacologically or medically, you can upset the menstrual cycle. It's just It's very common. Now, they've then extrapolated down to pregnancy and early-term labor, early-term uh, spontaneous abortions. Now, I haven't seen good data on that. That's a serious issue if that's happening. There also is concern that fertility worldwide is going on. Alex Berenson reported that yesterday. Again, all stuff we got to keep an eye on. We don't really know anything yet. All that all-cause mortality death being up, is that the infra- is that the lockdown or is that the back we don't know we have to you have to be patient with this data kind of work its way through and figure out what's going on and by the way we may find that there are other adverse effects from the vaccine but you have to look for these things specifically in studies and those studies are underway or have not been done yet so we talked about the menstrual stuff we talked about the pregnancy stuff we talked about the the uh, myocardial stuff don't have any data on strokes and then of course there's worry about endovascular disease the clotting mechanisms which is really what got me in trouble with youtube and let me say thank you youtube for bringing us back caleb do you want to say say hi on that as well we're back we reinstituted right we they reinstated all of the videos they put it back up great i'm very grateful now I just want to speak with we'll have- a human being. Drew did it. I think <laughs> it was Drew yeah. this no, time. No, Caleb. Caleb kept talking to him as well, and he, he put. But a, you DM'd him on Twitter. So did Caleb. We and I was did. bitching on Twitter, so maybe they saw but it. But my my opinion is anybody is welcome in the rational revolution. So Leanna Wen, who was this woman that was scaring the hell out of people, she's an infectious disease doctor, was absolute panic porn during the pandemic, has shifted. And become much more rational, much more rational about the current moment. And she is welcome in the rational revolution. She's welcome here anytime. So I say no resentments, no Adams feels very differently than this. He wants he wants people to be punished for what they did. My thing is thank you, welcome to rationality. And I feel the same way about YouTube. 
you canceled us. You tried to cancel us unnecessarily, but you brought us back. I understand it was a mistake. Anybody make mistakes? Good. Thank you. We really, really do appreciate it. And, and we will exactly. work with you to try to make sure we keep our there's, YouTube functioning properly. There's a lot of people over on YouTube today. I don't know if they knew that we they had to go to another platform, but we tried really hard to let you know, and it could happen again. So... You know, we do shows Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If you're not getting a notification and there's a sign, a banner up on YouTube and it says starting soon, click on the banner and look at what it says because it'll say we're going to be over at Rumble today because I, I, that's the only way we can let you know. Yeah. And we, and we may end up, you know, one day a week over at Rumble anyway to be able to do more controversial kinds of stuff. But look, the California law 2098 may make it impossible to do any of this to even just raise questions and to do anything other than orthodoxy, which is not medicine and not science. It is really bad. So my hope is that the courts will do something to address the fact that this is an unrestrained, uh, a complete overreach uh, that has to be, uh, has to be uh, modified, at least in some way. Uh, at least we have, you know, criteria for what misinformation is, or we have sort of due process of some type this is not we do not have anything like that right now the way this law is working although the guys over on rumbles are still talking about fake boobs good all right thank you for bringing they're fine that up. appreciate it <laughs> uh there's that misinformation we had though. like three thousand people watching the show yesterday on rumble though it was it was a good audience we what really you appreciate put up there, Caleb, the group that i can't quite read it it's not big enough uh, so the you, group, uh, there's a group that's fighting against it for First Amendment reasons, saying that they're trying to protect the free speech of yes. all physicians. Yes. Uh, Dr. Aaron Cariotti, I interviewed today, a psychiatrist who's helping with a lot of that, himself lost his job as a professor uh, and one of the star teachers at UC Irvine in psychiatry and mental health and ethics, bioethics. He, he told me this morning, he said, you know, I had to sue the school for their vaccine mandate because every year in every class at all the way first through fourth year medical students, he would lecture them how they had an obligation to stand up against ethical violations if they saw them. All right, you're back. The restream was okay. Being... Okay, we, we're we, just we gonna, cannot we're figure gonna... out what this is, but uh, we'll keep doing it. it I'm it's got to be the power issues. Today. It's got to be the power yeah, issues uh -huh. in California because my internet here is, yeah. is very fast. All right, we'll do we'll do an abbreviated show, and I'll take up more calls. Durham, you're up there as Durham. I don't know what uh, Nate. It's actually Nate. What's going on there, Nate? Uh, un unmute yourself, and what's your question? You're still muted. The mic in the lower left corner is where you click. You'll see a little red line through your mic. Um, a lot of activity over in the Rumble rants today. Salt must flow. F Susan, I can't hear you. They're being sexual over there. Okay, of course. Uh, Durham, I'm going to have to put you back in the room here because uh, we're not hearing you. And this is Melissa. Let me get her up. Melissa is connecting right now. I'm glad we did this today. Disaster. <laughs> I, I think God wants you to go to Vegas. Here we go. Twitter spaces. You're talking to me? The person on Twitter. She's muted herself, so I think not. You, oh, unmute yourself. She's not hearing you because she's not unmuting herself. I could hear her on my earbud. I get it. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, Drew, what do you want to talk about? Oh, we're back. Uh, Melissa, what's going on? Melissa? I can hear her on, on I'm on Twitter spaces with an mm -hmm. earbud in my ear, mm -hmm. and I can hear her. Okay. So um, bring me up. Caleb, maybe you can help us out with that. I can't hear. Bring Melissa. me up. Yeah, Drew, is your, is your phone, because I don't see any audio going into 
Twitter spaces right now at the moment. Make sure it's see. plugged in. Make sure it is plugged in. in. Everything is and unmuted, Susan. Susan. Hi, can you hear me? Everybody's getting a little behind the scenes look here. Request to screen. Yeah, okay, Drew, let me in. Let me in. What do you mean, let you in? What does that mean? On the Twitter spaces. What do you there you are, Melissa. I can hear you guys. Hey, hey. there Hi, we are. Mommy. What's going Happy on? Happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, I So I had a question related to the vaccine. I know you guys were talking about some of the side effects that folks were seeing. Mm -hmm. um, so I got the Pfizer shot last 2021. Mm -hmm. Two shots. I didn't get a booster or anything, but I am about to be 34 years old mm -hmm. and I had to get a mammogram, a sonogram because I all of a sudden had these lumps in my left breast. Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully they're not cancerous or anything, but I've never had this sort of thing before. It's my mm -hmm. very first mammogram. Is that, have you guys seen anything related to that as far as no, data? no, nothing. No. I mean, those are normal, right? These are the kind of normal things. I understand they're not normal for you, but they are in the normal spectrum. They tend to occur if there are hormone imbalances. Have your periods been changing? No, nothing else has changed. That's why I was like, I want to really blame the vaccine. But I, I don't know that we can. Again, I just caution you against running to anything being causational, right? Because as you get older, you just shit starts, right. shit starts happening. And yeah. uh, breast cysts are very, very, very common. So right that was now, my next question. yeah, right now I'm going to say, and you got to, you, you have to follow them very carefully because the, it's hard by feel. It's just hard to tell what's a cyst and what's a tumor and you know whatnot. And sometimes right. when you're very cystic, they even have to get an MRI to make sure there's not something funky going on behind or something called a cine esophagram. Sometimes they will use, but that's just sort of technical issues of yeah. dealing with dealing with cystic breasts, which are normal and don't put you at any really added risk for anything. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank yeah, you. You bet. But it does require more diligence. That's the problem. Uh, let me keep going with you guys here. Alana, what's come up? Uh, I just burped into the mic. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> Alana, what's going on on this uh, audacious day? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Hi, Drew. Hi, everybody. Hey there. So, hi. I just wanted to respond to the last caller that yeah. said that she had the mammograms. Mm. So, when I had mine, they specifically said, we do not want you to come in for a mammogram within a month of getting any vaccine because it's been causing false positives. Oh, that's interesting. Because of cystic changes or? They, I, it's just causing false positives. So oh, I think though, no, no, no. You know, I think what that is, is the adenopathy that's developing in the armpit. I, I did read that that was one of the concerns they had, that they would see lymph nodes in the region and that yes. would cause people to get unnecessary biopsies and things. I think that's what yes. that is. That That's different yes. than cystic changes in the breast. Okay. Okay. So, then I misunderstood. I, I think, like, I think. I began to ask them, be interesting to ask them and see if, um, if in fact they're, you know, also seeing something in the breast itself, not just in the lymph nodes in the armpit. Yeah, all I know is that that it would show up as it looked like a mass. They would go for ultrasound. Yeah. It would show a mass and they'd have to biopsy it. I think that was lymph nodes. I think so. But but I but that's the only thing I read about was a lymph node changes. But let's let's investigate. Let's see. And if and if it is cystic changes that are causing false positives, that is more evidence that something's going on hormonally, right? Because that's what causes those changes. So it would be very, very interested to uh, to see if that's the case. Thank you, Alana. Appreciate it. I'm going to kind of, I'm roaring through these questions rather quickly because I uh, am worried about us freezing again. 
Uh, this is Nate again, I think. Nate. You yeah. keep coming back. Yeah. Nate, unmute yourself there. See if I can get you up here. Um, uh, Matt, hang on. Yes, I got you, Nate. One second. There's a good uh, uh, restream comment up here. It says, I wonder how many doctors behind the scenes wanted to speak out, but were terrified of consequences. Most. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say nearly most, <laughs> nearly most. They, they've all become Moranos. You know what a Morano is? Morano are the in the middle, well, 1500s, I think it was, when the Moors took over Spain. They required all the Jews to convert to Islam, and many of them continued to practice Judaism on the DL, and they were called conversos or Moranos. Well, we talked so, to a lot of doctors at the beginning, and behind the scenes, they would say stuff that they couldn't say. So all the doctors like, I have can't become say this, I can't say that. Moranos. They become Moranos. They believe something different. They say something different to their, you know, in the safety of, uh, you know, uh, their underground world. But publicly, public facing, they're scared and they say what they have to say. Nate, go ahead. Okay, hi. It's uh, awesome to talk to you, Drew and Susan. As well, my friend. What's up? Um, okay, so I had COVID back in like January, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, you know, I lasted like two days. It was nothing huge. Uh, didn't really notice any taste or uh, smell changes mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But like over the past few months, I've noticed things like. Uh, like I haven't eaten, I hated peanut butter for the longest time. And then like, I haven't eaten in 10 years. All of a sudden I can't stop eating peanut butter. I don't know if that's like, you know, it always like, I, used to kill my, my tongue. <laughs> I had weird changes like that myself when I was sick with Delta. When I was sick with Delta, I ate a lot of peanut butter <laughs> myself. And, and uh, I, I it was the only thing I had a taste for. So isn't that weird that we had that same thing? And I lost, if I remember, I lost everything except so, everything tasted salty. Everything tasted, that's the one thing I had was everything tasted salty and I wanted peanut butter also. So something, I don't know what that is, but uh, definitely COVID does. And and exactly what it has done, again, is that a nerve problem? Is that a microvascular damage? It, it's the body heals. This is what everyone needs to know. In the vast, vast majority of cases, the injury from COVID and the injury from the vaccines too. The body heals. We seem to have like lost complete faith in the healing potential of the human body. Human bodies heal. Now you can have irreversible destructive tissue damage in the parenchyma of the brain and the heart and the lungs and the other organ systems that get affected by COVID, and that's devastation. But most of the stuff we're talking about are things that are 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 injuries, but aren't destruction. Uh, with Chris likes Chardonnay now. Is that what she said? I, you, you put it back up there. So, uh, Butterfingers with COVID. It, everything tasted salty. After I started COVID, I started to dislike Chardonnay. With Chris, that is weird for you. Uh, so, <laughs> I like vodka. So, yeah. That, uh, Amaro. I like Amaro. Ate That's a ton of Butterfingers when I had COVID because everything sweet. tasted salty. That was that was my experience too. Everything tasted salty. Um, and Susan, uh, someone who we had dinner with the uh, night before last, maybe having severe allergic reactions to your montenegro oh really yes oh, severe Great. Well, so, drew so wait on yeah. on that same question what can is there an explanation for why things the, the taste of things changed like i remember everything tasted like it was, yeah. like had pennies in yeah. my mouth it was so weird so uh, when I, had COVID. I know uh, a lot of it is changed in the olfactory sense because the nose and the and the taste is very much connected 
the loss of taste definitely happens. We, we know that there's something about the spike protein hits the cranial nerves, okay? Cranial nerves are the nerves that come out of our cranium. So the nerve to the ear, the nerve to the nose, the nerve to the tongue, these were all nerves that were affected by COVID. The nerve to the face, people get Bell's palsy from the vaccine, right? So there's something going on there as well. So there's something about the cranial nerves and I'm, I'm guessing cranial nerves have very delicate, delicate blood supply. And that blood supply has to make it through the openings, the little ostia, the little, the little holes in the skull through which the nerve comes. It moves through that skull area. And if anything causes swelling or inflammation in that area, the blood supply can get cut off. And those nerves do grow back. Like when people get Bell's palsy and half their face becomes paralyzed, you notice it almost always comes back. That's because these nerves can regenerate themselves when they have a vascular injury like that. There could also be some sort of immune in injury to the nerve itself. But I'm, I'm suspicious so much of this disease is vascular. And the microvasculature is the most vulnerable part of our vascular system. And the part that goes through the skull is even extra exposed, right? Has extra issues that it has to contend with. And so I'm I'm going to bet when the day, it's going to take years for us to work this out, but I'm going to bet that's the underlying injury. Exactly why it happens in the microvasculature, I've said for year, for the last couple of years, you have to be aware that this something about this disease affects the relationship between the platelets, the clotting, the clotting particles in our blood, the clotting system, the, the cascade and proteins that are in the blood, and the lining of the artery and the macrophages and even the lipid system may be involved with this because they're all very complex. It's a very complex interplay dance amongst all those systems. And somehow this spike protein is affecting the way the platelets the lining of the arteries and maybe the macrophages are interacting in such a way that causing some problem, inflammation, something in those arteries where they're not working the way they're supposed to. And we, I think we all know that clot formation is one of the dreaded complications of this disease in some individuals. So there we are. That's my long-winded yeah, uh, I'm so curious to that. see what they discover mm -hmm. about this you know, five or six years from now when you know everything starts calming down. There's a lot, there's so it, much more to be revealed. There's a lot so more to be revealed, which is why these sort of dogmatic attitudes about things are so discouraging. It, you know, oh well, anyway, enough. You should listen, listen to the interview I did with, I did two hours of interview with Dr. Aaron Cariardi. It's going to be up on drdrew.com as a Dr. Drew podcast in about three weeks. I, I recommend it highly. We, we go over everything. And so, um, Dan, what do you got there? Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey, Dan. Yeah, um, so, Hi. Uh, I've got a thing where if I get a bit angry or something like that, I'll have, I'll get chest pain. Mm. So I'm not an angry person, but let's say I have an argument or something. Um, I'll get chest pain on the left-hand side and it's always in the same spot. So generally it resolves, which mm. is why I haven't been to a doctor, mm. but it's, I can pinpoint it to like mm. the ribs, like the middle yeah. of the ribs. So is it, is it a sign of heart disease or how, what? how old are you? I'm 35. Do you smoke cigarettes? No. Is it tender in that spot? If you press on it when you're having the pain, does it get? Is it sore to the touch? 
No, I wouldn't okay. say it's sore to touch. You, you kind of have to take it seriously because you can have congenital problems of the heart that can present as pain. It's probably nothing, but it it is important to get an echocardiogram, get up on a stress test, see what's going on functionally, get an EKG, just to make sure. You you can't know. You just can't know without testing. And you know, you some people have things they didn't know they had going on in the heart, where the blood supply can be off, or the chambers, the relationship amongst the chambers can be abnormal so to speak or the valves aren't working right and all that stuff can present as chest pain so yeah i do think before you just blow it off you make sure you get an echo you get a, some sort of stress evaluation and you get an ekg those would be the minimum evaluation take a quick break be right back i think we have found the holy grail of skincare genucel has absolutely changed certainly my skincare regimen I like that vitamin C serum, the under eye creams, skin nourishing primer. Susan loves the eyelash enhancers, uses it on her eyebrows as well. Genucel has everything to make us both feel and look amazing. Best part, the quality of the products. Using pure ingredients like antioxidants, copper peptides, and a proprietary calendula flower base, Genucel knows how to formulate products to perfection without irritation. For Susan, she hates that annoying dry area under nose during allergy season, like right here. She's tried everything, but no matter what, the skin is flaky and dry. Nothing seemed to help until she started using Genucel's Silky Smooth XV Moisturizer. Soaked right into the skin. She was hooked after one use and now loves all of their products as well. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because... It's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time and I'm so excited because it's actually working. Right now, you can try Genucel's most popular collection of products and see what I'm talking about for yourself. Go to genucel.com and enter code DREW for 10% off. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com and the code is D-R-E-W. Icon, there we are. And um, yeah, so thank you for that, Susan. Thank you for- uh, So I tried the new micro crystals that mm -hmm. they sent me, mm -hmm. that it's like a face scrub. So I use a retinol at night and it kind of makes your skin peel a little bit. That's how it does its thing. That's yeah, good. That's a it good Yeah, it works. And then I, you know, I put on my neck and my chest too. Good. And it's like, it's like Retin-A. But um, the, if you use this scrub, it's not too abrasive and it takes all the dead skin and I really like it. So someone on the restream here has pointed out that her neurologist said that he has something like 30 new, 20 new patients with seizure since the booster. And they, again, the Omicron booster just came out, so I'm assuming they made the previous booster. And seizure is something that people are concerned about that is another category of possible side effects. And as always, the question is risk-reward. What's the risk versus the reward? If you're 80 years old, there it is, that's you, Brett. Uh, if you're 80 years old, that risk is well worth it. It's clearly worth it. If you're 75, clearly worth it. At 65, it's probably worth it. At 40, mm, it gets a lot more, it gets a harder decision at that point, and you should be making it with your doctor. So, Susan, speaking of that, uh, I have a thing coming up where I have to travel, right? Yes. And? To Europe. And what's the problem? So, we're taking the kids for their 30th birthday to Portugal, Spain, and right. Morocco. we got to go to Spain, and there's a problem. And I have you have to 
in order to get on the cruise ship, you don't have to have a booster. Mm -hmm. They won't turn you away. But if you want to get off the ship in certain countries, they may want you to have the booster. But I haven't figured out if the booster that they want is the second vaccine, if you had like the first Moderna and then the second one's considered mm -hmm. a booster, mm -hmm. or if you have to have a booster. Pauline and I have both had boosters. And and, and, the, and Omicron. Yeah, and Omicron. And so here's, here's I my... I think you can also take give them proof of recovery from covid if it's okay. within 270 days of travel okay. but you had yours in december so you're december, missing that possibly the december right. we'll, we'll look at my dates we'll see but but, but for me it's like okay we're going to be at the end of our trip they're going to not let us off the ship in spain or right. <laughs> or they might just say okay you have to have a pcr before you get off the boat well, so here's my dilemma and I let, let me show you how kind of complicated these things get. and i know so, people are like you shouldn't travel you're going to get sick and i'm like i'm not i'm going to live my life okay I'm so not, I'm definitely one of our going. sons had a terrible reaction to the mRNA vaccine. It actually scared me. So I do not want him getting any more mRNA vaccines. He does not get a booster. I had a terrible reaction to Johnson & Johnson vaccines. I do horribly with vaccines. I knew I would react. That's why I took J&J. &J. I thought I wanted to go through it just once rather than twice. Had a bad reaction. Surprise, surprise. I've not been exposed to the mRNA vaccines. God knows what my reaction would be to that. If I were to take another vaccine, it might be Novavax, but that spike protein still has tons of problems associated with it, just like any other spike protein. And I've had Omicron, and I've had Delta, and I've had my, my neutralizing antibodies tested, and they're sky high. And I was exposed to Susan's uh, Omicron, how long ago? Two months ago? Three months ago? July. July. Right after 4th th July. July, August, September. Two it was almost two, three months ago. We was, no, I was in a month, in an apartment room with her it's for three days. I got no symptoms. A month later, I was traveling with my daughter. I was sharing utensils with her. She had Omicron. I have no symptoms. So clearly my immunity against this thing is good and may have been boosted by being exposed to these guys. I, I think if you've had Omicron, that should count. I don't necessarily want to get a booster, and I don't think I necessarily need it against Omicron. Yeah. So I'm in this very weird situation where if I were to get one, I guess I'd get Novavax. And that's then they the also least. have these like Euro passports that you have to get, and yeah. we we got one in France, but it's like a Q QVC code. What do By you the call way, it? I, QR read, code? I read it. It's in French. I read it. It doesn't say anything about expiration. Yeah, it's. A, I was told that since we got it, we could use it anywhere in Europe until we die. Yeah, but um, but you, it, it's not that hard to get. But I want to try to set it up in advance for everybody, and yeah, then just good. get off the boat. I I don't All know. Right. Well, the, the point is, I bring it up only not to get into the weeds of what. But our... I've been doing the research, and it's not easy to find the answers. It's very it's unclear because the. Khrushchev said, we, you know, we want you okay. to have your first vaccine, All but right. we recommend you get not, the booster. I and I go, so I called him, I said, recommend or mandate? And then they were like, recommend. Mm. So I was like, so That's you'll good. let me on the ship? And they said, yes, but you might not be able to get out if a particular <laughs> uh, country isn't allowing it. So right. they, this could change overnight. You know, right, China right. just had another lockdown. Yes, those of you that are not aware, uh, what's the name of that uh Country, let me see here. Hold on. So it's like if you want to move around the cabin, you have to, you know, be boosted. One of China's biggest city, Chengdu, locked down. 21 million people locked down. 
Think, see how insane that what is, everybody? It, zero COVID I is say still what there the fuck. That it, is this not. Is just, this is just governmental bureaucratic overreach trying to, flailing to practice medicine, and they are no business doing it. They don't know what they're doing. Well, that's the China. Virus They've is always been do like that. Do. For centuries. And, and we copied exactly what they did. We bought that BS, and we were wrong, yeah. and they are wrong. And this is something you should look at that very carefully, see what they're doing to people. And that is what we did. We need to learn from that. They are still doing it. That is the, the the nature of totalitarianism. The local person, the local communist leader, has to make sure the leaders don't discover any problems, don't have any headaches, nothing gets away from them. They control it. And how do they control it? Just lock down the population because the people are really just pawns for the party, right? That's how totalitarianism works. It's not not something worthy of uh, paying it, of us uh, modeling. Uh, it was a stupid. It was a very very serious error to model ourselves after them. Okay. Somebody uh, said, oh, Susan, don't go. Just love your America. <laughs> I'm too old. I don't care. Like, my kids will live. If we all get COVID, who cares? Like, we'll live. We'll stay an extra week in Madrid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Hang on a second. I'm looking at you. I've guys. always wanted to go to Madrid and Portugal and... Dr. Campbell was highly critical of China's attempt for total lockdowns. He 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 was he had good judgment. He was a, he's a nurse. He's a academic. He was his his guidance through the whole thing was good. He was really yeah. Quite he solid. was awesome. He was also not panicking about things. He was just yeah. evaluating things, looking at things. But we're all just trying to report what we know and we've heard that looks valid. You know, not just make up shit and put it out there. So, you know, it's nice. If we're we made mistakes, some of us along the way, but we're getting better at it now. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying. And we're to and you're able to decipher the bullshit from the from the reality. All right. I'm gonna have to wrap up pretty quick here if I'm gonna go do this crazy thing I'm about to do. Rational revolution. Uh, Mar Marview pervious. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Rational revolution. I cannot even take all the pandering to any drug. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Um, I mean, your dad used to say drugs are not good for you. Any kind of 100%. drug you shouldn't take. He would always say medicines are dangerous and bad uh -huh. unless the risk of ta not taking them is outweighed by the risk of taking them. Right. And that's medicines are not designed to make life better. They are designed to make you not die and suffer. That's what they're designed for. They don't, they're not improve. You're not going to improve beyond health with medication. That's not going to happen. But in terms of stopping serious consequences, serious illness, serious suffering. We can do some things there with medication. All right. So I've got to wrap this thing up early today. I sorry, I, I could have I could go on easily for another 45 minutes and sort we'll of We'll be uh, back Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday. We will get back into this. I, After Drew's birthday. Happy birthday, Dr. Drew. Thank you. Sunday Let, is his birthday. Um, I don't like to think about it. We're going to uh have a fun weekend, I and think. And let's do let's do Q and A again on on Tuesday, okay? Just yes. so I can. Yeah, no guests, only a guest. Okay, the upcoming guest for the next four weeks. You have that. We have Dr. Paul Alexander next week on our Wednesday who show. Who is? I'm not sure. This stuff Kelly set up. Yeah, these are Kelly guests, uh, so they're good. Who is Dr. Paul Alexander? Do we know anybody? I'm going to get the information. I'm going to Dr. You're Harvey, the wrong person. Harvey Reich the following week, uh, and. Uh, we're off that following week after that. He's a Canadian like, health researcher. And J Paul Alexander is? Good. Uh, yes. And, yeah, uh, it's Paul no, the Alexander, who's different from Paul Alexander. There's two different ones. And Jay Bhattacharya we're, on the we're 20, off on 28th. Week? No, all four weeks are booked. Okay, well, let me look at this. Uh, well, uh, it's Wednesday the 21st. There's the 21st no, is Jay Bhattacharya. The 28th on my schedule. 
Oh, 28th. And then the 21st, I thought they moved. Oh, there was somebody on the 21st. Well, they could put somebody in there. I'm happy to do it. So there we could do that person. still. Well, well maybe we'll one. get that that doctor that Dr. Malone is sending us. Uh, the the psychologist with mm -hmm. the mass formation psychosis. That'd be mm -hmm. amazing. That'd be amazing. He's a very interesting guy. And let's see if we can get that on the 21st. We got a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of more. I, I Talking to these guys has been very enlightening for me. I, I know I spent so much of this pandemic going, what? what? What is going on? Why are we doing this? Now it's starting to come clear to me the mistakes, the motivation, the overreaches, the the <laughs> the policies around fear and panic that were actually policies to try to get to vaccine, then the vaccine and safety Uberala stuff. So it's all starting to make sense to me. It was all ill-conceived it was all in error and the really disgusting part about it was the no ability to sort of self-reflect and analyze in real time and no willingness to look back or to defend or to take on alternative opinions that was real it was really off the chain but in terms of the 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 operation of what happened it was about using fear to control the population to save as many people as possible till we get to the vaccine and once we get to the vaccine everybody gets the vaccine without any question no mandated no questions asked and then now we're in the sort of present moment when the virus has changed, the vaccines are less efficacious than we thought. There are problems with the vaccine emerging. How much booster, for whom, what about therapeutics? We've got therapeutics now. So it's a very, very different situation. But you can look back on the mistakes and they were, they were vast and they were profound and they harmed a lot of people. And there should be sort of um, taking account of all of this. Uh, the lockdowns harm people, the school closures harm people. A lot of things. People were intentionally harmed because they questioned whether people should be using fear as a policy. People were whether questioned not whether the Chinese Communist Party policy should be something that we follow. People were severely, severely harmed by people who actively attempted to hurt those people because they had dissenting opinions. But we'll get into more of that on Tuesday. I'll take more Q&A. Uh, and uh, everyone have a good Labor Day weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Ta-ta. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.